0: What's going on guys? You're listening to Moonlight Madness on Weagle 91.1 from 7 to 8 p.m. every Thursday. I'm Jacob Goins and over the next hour I'll be discussing the hottest topics in sports around the country and around Auburn Athletics. Follow me on Twitter at Goins2Jacob that's g-o-i-n-s the number two Jacob for all show updates and other sporting news. Let's get into the show. What's going on guys? Welcome into Moonlight Madness here on Weagle 91.1 FM. My name is Jacob Goins and over the next hour I'm going to be discussing all the biggest topics in sports. This is a new show here at Weagle. It is my brand new sports talk show. Uh, I want to do do a late night segment, you know, a late night time slot. Uh, Growing up I always listened to, you know, the late night talk shows uh, on the radio, especially on like Sirius XM and stuff like that. And it was something I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the vibe uh, when it came to, you know, nighttime sports talk radio. And it was something I really wanted to do. And so here I am. I'm really excited to have this opportunity. Uh, I'm new here at Weagle, WGL 91.1 FM here in Auburn. Uh, So far, it's been an incredible experience uh, broadcasting live games for Auburn soccer and volleyball. And now getting to start my own radio show. So it's really exciting. Um, You know, I think it's really good. Good experience, especially for somebody like me who hasn't really done this kind of stuff before. So, again, really excited, and I'm glad you guys are here listening. Uh, This show will be every Thursday night from 7 to 8 p.m. right here on Weagle, 91.1 FM. So, with that, we can get into the big three. So, this week, USC, the University of Southern California, fired head coach Clay Helton. Uh, Only two weeks into the season... Uh, they fired him. He, after a embarrassing loss, uh, they decided that it was time. The writing may have been on the wall um, with this, you know, with that situation. There had always been rumors of Clay Helton uh, getting the boot there at USC, and two weeks into this season they decided that it was time, and so they, they made that move. Was it the right move? I think so. Um, I don't know if two weeks into the season was, you know, completely the right move. Uh, for that but you know that's what they decided to do and so again I think it was the right move but maybe not the second week of the season because now you know now you're struggling to find a coach in the middle of the season a coordinator is going to have to step up uh, and take the position probably for the rest of the season so you know it's a tough it's a tough break but I think it was the right move uh, for USC and so the fun with a major power five coach you know There's no fun in when a major power five coach loses his job. But when an opening like that is then available, of course, the media and fans like ourselves, you know, we start throwing out names for who's going to replace him. And so this week has been really, really fun to seeing the different names that are thrown around for the possibility, um, you know, to replace Clay Helton out at USC. I think the biggest name that's been thrown around this week is Urban Meyer you know, college football legend at Florida and Ohio State with national championships, and now coaching the Jacksonville Jaguars in the NFL. You know, he's only coached one game, and yet his name is already at the top of the list to replace at USC. There's always been rumors over the years that he wanted to coach out there, coach in California, coach a big-time school like USC. But he shot those rumors down pretty quickly this week, He said, I'm committed to Jacksonville and I'm not going anywhere and I don't blame him. It's only his first week. He's got nothing else to prove in my opinion about, or, you know, in college football. I mean, he's done it all. He's had Heisman trophy winners. He has national titles. I mean, what else does he have to prove? And so, especially when he's just now getting to the NFL, I don't see him leaving. Uh, I don't see him leaving just yet. Um, I think if it maybe goes extremely bad in the NFL for Urban Meyer, maybe, but I don't see him going uh, to USC for this new job. Mario Cristobal from Oregon is a interesting was an interesting name being thrown around. I like Cristobal. I think he's a good coach. I also think Oregon is a really good fit for him, and I don't see him leaving his – you know, he has a really good thing at Oregon, and I really don't see him leaving that, um, especially to go to another team In the exact same conference that's really tough to do and in my opinion it's just not the best look but again his name was being thrown around this week I don't see that happening either another surprising name well not surprising but you know another name that was thrown around was Luke Fickle from Cincinnati you know Fickle has had a very successful career so far at Cincinnati he has the record to show for it you know he has a top ten program yet again this season with a lot of good talent. Um, And so far, I mean, he has a pretty perfect job there at Cincinnati, and especially now with Cincinnati joining the Big 12. I think that is a huge step in the right direction for Cincinnati, and I think that's one of the main reasons why Luke Fickle won't leave Cincinnati. He might. You know, he might leave, but especially now that he is a Power 5 coach again, I think – I think that's a big deal, and I think that's something he wanted, and now he doesn't have to leave Cincinnati to get that. So, again, Luke Fickle from Cincinnati was another interesting name, but now that he's a pack or that he will be a Power Five coach, I just don't, I don't see it happening. Again, these any of these situations could happen. I could be completely wrong, but this is just my opinion going through some of the names that were thrown around, you know, this week. Uh, it was just it's interesting to go through and see. And play out the different scenarios. Another huge name this week that was thrown into the mix and also uh, was really, you know, really in talks was James Franklin from Penn State. This is very significant because not only was his name being thrown around, there was news that there was mutual interest between USC and James Franklin, the head coach at Penn State. What that means for, mutual, you know, when they have mutual interest, it doesn't mean that USC is dead set on James Franklin being their guy. But it also doesn't mean that James Franklin is dead set on wanting to go to USC. Basically, what that means is USC is open to the idea of James Franklin possibly being their coach. And James Franklin's open to the possibility of listening to an offer from USC. But it's interesting because... Penn State and James Franklin have a huge matchup this weekend. They have a ranked Auburn team coming to town for the wideout game. And so I think this week, you know, will that affect Penn State's play this weekend? We'll see. He shot, you know, he shot the ideas down pretty quickly too. But, you know, his players hear that noise. And he hears the noise as well from the media. You know, he sees it and he hears it. So I don't know how much that will affect his team's play. This weekend, but it's interesting to look at because that is a, a real possibility. You know, Penn State's a great program. He's built a great program there, but USC on a whole nother level when it comes to the name and the branding. So definitely a possibility with James Franklin. A couple other names uh, this week thrown around again. There was a lot of names, a lot of speculation, but again, it's fun to go through and just look at the different, you know, look at the different possibilities and, and scenarios. Ah, uh, Matt Campbell from Iowa State was a possibility. You know, he has built a top ten program at Iowa State., uh, you know, they lost last week uh, against Iowa, but he still has a, a fantastic program there. He's built from the ground up at Iowa State, which is not, you know, not a, you know, a huge name for recruiting, but he's made it happen. And so, I think that would be a huge step up for him to leave Iowa State and go to USC. Now, whether USC 100% wants him, I don't know. He's not the flashy name. He's not, you know, his media credibility, for lack of a better word, is not that of Urban Meyer. You know, that's not a huge headline name. But I think Matt Campbell's a solid coach, and I think he could possibly get it done out there uh, at USC. So, And then one more, just for an exciting name, that I was reading about. How about Lane Kiffin from Ole Miss, the Lane Train, right? That would be a huge step up for him. He is, you know, he hasn't been at Ole Miss long, but he's made a name for himself, and he's got a pretty good team down there right now. So they're playing good ball, and everybody's always paying attention to Lane Kiffin, right? Everybody knows what Lane Kiffin's doing. He's very active with the media and with social media, and so I think. You know, do I think he would leave Ole Miss? Maybe. He might. If USC came calling with the right amount of money, I think he would because I think he could have used Ole Miss as, you know, that step to get to that top-tier program like USC. Uh, So we'll see. I'm not sure. But I think Lane Kiffin would be an an interesting hire. And, again, he would carry that, you know, highlight name, when they hired him, kind of like an Urban Meyer or, you know, a James Franklin. So I think if USC really wanted to, they could get him. I think USC could get anybody that they really wanted because of the history that USC has of just the, the tradition and the passion from USC with their football program. So, again, all of those guys being thrown around uh, were really, just really interesting. If I had to pick just one, of those, I would say probably James Franklin of Penn State. I know it's kind of crazy to think that he would coach somewhere else since he's built such a good program at Penn State, but again, I think if USC came with the right amount of money, I think he would do it. I think he wants to coach out there. There's not many people that wouldn't want to coach at USC. It's it's a great program, and it's a fantastic job, so Again, USC firing Clay Helton this week, going through some of the names that were thrown around with a possibility uh, to replace him at USC. So, again, that's, that's one of the big things that went on this week, and it's still going on. And it's something that USC uh, will deal with through the rest of the season. And so, again, I just thought it was interesting with James Franklin being one of the leading names in that category along with Urban Meyer. But, again, Urban Meyer shutting down those, those claims very quickly uh, and very, very harshly. You know, he said, I'm, I'm not going anywhere and I'm committed to Jacksonville. So, my, I'm interested to see on Saturday if Penn State's focus is shifted any because of this. Personally, I don't think it will be. I think James Franklin is an excellent coach. And will have his team ready to play uh, when Auburn comes to town. But again, be interesting to see what USC does now that they do not have a current head coach, as they fired Clay Helton uh, second week into the season. Again, I don't really, I don't really like the the firing of the, at the second week of the season. I feel like that puts the the program and the the university and the team at a major disadvantage because they're, again, I talked about it earlier. They're scrambling to find a coach, find a leader for the rest of the year while they're searching for somebody for the future. And so I think that, I think it's really tough. Um, but again, I think it's something that they, they finally decided that it was time. And I think after last week's loss that it was a change that needed to be made. So, um, so we'll see what, what they come up with, see what, you know, see who they find, whether they find somebody in the next few weeks or if they wait until the end of the season, which they would probably wait until the end of the season to make the announcement anyway, but, or to make the official hire. But, again, I didn't like the firing in the second week of the season, but that's why I'm not, that's why I'm not an athletic director for a major college, right? So, that is... Topic number one of the Big Three, when we come back, we will or I will discuss the baseball playoff race heating up. With only two and a half weeks left, we will take a look around the MLB, look at some scores currently going on, and look at the standings around Major League Baseball. You're listening to Moonlight Madness here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back to Moonlight Madness here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm Jacob Goins, and let's continue on with the Big Three. The baseball playoff race is heating up with only two and a half weeks left in the season for Major League Baseball. Currently in the American League, you have the Tampa Bay Rays, the Chicago White Sox, and the Houston Astros, all with comfortable leads in their divisions. I expect them to continue their dominance through the next two and a half weeks, but uh, And win their divisions and secure their playoff spots. Those teams, especially the Tampa Bay Rays uh, and the Chicago White Sox, have played just solid baseball all season long, Uh, and I expect that to carry into into the playoffs and possibly, you know, one of those teams making a World Series push. Um, And Houston, you know, they're scary good too. They're always got, you know, they have a lot of talent, uh, tough to play at home when they get those home games. So, you know, I think those three teams are, are really, really solid uh, with their comfortable leads there in their respective divisions. But the American League wildcard race is something that's really interesting uh, to look at. Like I said, there's two and a half weeks left in the season. And in the AL East, you have the Blue Jays, the Toronto Blue Jays, the New York Yankees, and the Boston Red Sox. All three of them are tied for wild card spots. So again, the Blue Jays, the Yankees, and the Red Sox, are all tied right now fighting for those th- or for those two, excuse me, wild card spots. But you also have the Oakland Athletics who are 3 games back of those three teams and the Seattle Mariners who are only 4 games back of those teams. So when you really look at it in the American League, you have 5 teams competing for two wild card spots with three of those teams being tied with the exact same winning percentage. So it's interesting You know, to watch these teams and to watch how it's going to play out here in the next two to two and a half weeks. The Blue Jays have come on really strong there in Toronto. They've made a push the last few weeks, uh, and they've really taken people by storm. And to fight for that, you know, they're fighting for that wild card spot. The Yankees have been kind of up and down the last couple weeks, along with the Red Sox, but they're winning games that they have to. You know, I think New York needs to take advantage of their series against a bad Baltimore team uh, this week, and I think they're doing so uh, so far. And then luckily for the Red Sox, if you're a Red Sox fan out there, they have one of the easiest schedules uh, to end the season. I believe they end the season with the Washington Nationals, a series against the Nationals, and they also end the season – so they play Baltimore. They have three games against the last play's Baltimore Orioles. They have two games against the Mets, who have been struggling of late. You have three games against the Yankees, but at home there at Fenway. And they end the season with three more games against Baltimore and three games against the Washington Nationals. So if you're a Red Sox fan, uh, that's a promising sign. They end the season uh, on a pretty easy stretch. So see if they can take advantage of, Uh, Of that. So it's interesting to see again, you got the Blue Jays, the Yankees, and the Red Sox all tied in the American League wildcard race fighting for two spots. But the Oakland Athletics are only three games back, and the Seattle Mariners are only four games back. So really, you got five teams competing uh, for two spots. So again, two and a half weeks, uh, really going to be interesting to see uh, what those five teams do. You know, who's going to make a run, who's going to step up and who's going to overall take those two playoff spots and play each other to fight to get into the postseason. So we're really into a – we're in a really good spot, September baseball, folks. You know, it is – um, it's exciting, you know. It's – the only thing more exciting is October baseball. So – and this sets all that up. So in the National League, you have the Brewers, who have a very comfortable lead, in the NL Central, right? But – You have the Atlanta Braves just down the road clinging to a three and a half game lead uh, over the Phillies and a five and a half game lead over the Mets in the NL East. And that has been an interesting uh, division this season in baseball because that's been up, you know, it's been back and forth, up and down, however you want to say that. You know, I believe the Braves are probably the best team in that division, but the Phillies have made a push and they're hanging around. again with the Mets, even with the Mets having all of their injury problems, you know, all of their unfortunate injuries to their big bats and their pitching staff and all of that, they've hung around, you know, they're only five and a half games back. And unfortunately (laughs) they're under 500 and yet still have a chance to win their division. So the NL East, not really the strongest division in baseball, but you don't have to be, the best in baseball. You just have to be the best in your division, and that's good enough to make the postseason. So, the Braves sitting at 76-68 and again, lead their division, but they're only three and a half games up on the Phillies. And so, you know, the Braves, for all you Braves fans, they need to take advantage. They need to make a little run here at the end, but it's not going to be easy. They have one more game against Colorado tonight, I believe, and then They hit the road to play at San Francisco, who's playing some really good baseball right now. So, But then, you know, they get kind of a break, and they play four games uh, at the Arizona Diamondbacks, and then they end their West Coast trip at San Diego for three games. So, again, those are two – you know, two out of three of those opponents are going to be tough, and that's – you know, those are stretches that the Braves are going to need to, you know, have a winning record on if they want to continue – their lead in their division and overall win their division and make a run in the postseason. But then they end the season with Philadelphia, a a, uh, three-game series against Philadelphia. So that's going to be extremely important. Uh, But that's at home for the Braves, and then they end the season with a three-game home series versus the New York Mets. So the Braves, the Phillies, and the Mets all right there play each other at the end of the season And it very well could come down to one or two games there in that last four or five day stretch for the National League East division. And ultimately, with the wild card race in the National League, you've got the Dodgers, who are just leagues ahead of everybody else when it comes to the wild card. But then you've got teams fighting for that second wild card spot. You've got the St. Louis Cardinals, who currently hold the lead. For that second wild card spot. But then you have the San Diego Padres, who are half a game back, the Cincinnati Reds, who are one game back, the Philadelphia Phillies, as I was mentioning before, are three games back, and the New York Mets, right there with the Phillies, who are five games back. So when you really look at it, you have five teams competing for that second wild card spot. So in both the American and the National League, there's a lot of drama to be settled in these last two and a half weeks. So if you're not a huge baseball fan, but you're looking for a time to jump in and watch baseball, now is your time to do it. I'm telling you, it's gonna get good. And it's only going to carry over into October for postseason baseball. So when you're looking at it, you know, the Braves are at the top of their division, but could very easily be fighting for a wild card spot if they go on a losing streak out west and if Philadelphia goes on a little run. That's all it takes. It doesn't take long. It takes one sweep or it takes one time to get swept for a whole the whole outlook on the playoffs to change. So it's really going to be interesting to see, again, over these next two and a half, you know, two and a half weeks to, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Who's going to go on a run? Who's going to go and who's going to lose those big time series? Who's going to get swept? you know what players are going to fight their way back off the you know the injured list and come back and make it, you know, make a stand and make a play. So again, I think it's it's going to be extremely fun to watch. I think it's something that again, if you're not a baseball fan but you're looking for a time to get in, now's the time to do it because I think there's going to be a lot of movement, a lot of change in the next 2 weeks on the American side, on the American League side, and the National League side. So, you know, it could pit very easily, the teams that are in the playoff hunt right now, or even in the playoffs right now, with the wild card, could be dethroned in the next week. You know, if that's all it takes. It doesn't take long. So, you know, I would say keep your eye on the Red Sox and the Yankees, who will definitely be playing each other again before the season's up. And then also keep your eye on the Braves, the Phillies, and the Mets, who will all be playing each other quite a bit in this next two weeks. And I think the, the one team, if you're looking for just one team to possibly be a fan of or just keep track of, it's the Cincinnati Reds, right? 76-71 and 71 on the year. They're third in their own division, okay, which is kind of crazy to think about, but yet they're only one game back of the wild card. This is the best the Reds have been in quite a long time, if you ask me. You know, I grew up in Ohio for a long time. Uh, I watched a lot of my friends be Cincinnati Reds fans. Shout out to you guys. You've gone through a lot of pain over the years. But there's a possibility that the Reds could make a push and get into the postseason. And just like in any sport, all you got to do is get there, and then it's a total reset, right? You get to the postseason. And then you change it up and you make something happen and you make a run. It doesn't matter. But it's not going to be easy for the Reds. Their their remaining schedule is kind of up and down. You know, they they ended today. They actually beat Pittsburgh today uh, to end what looks like a four-game losing streak, so probably not their best stretch. But now they have a three-game home series versus the Dodgers, which I think the Reds are definitely going to need, you know, to win two out of three of those if they want to have a chance to stay you know caught up in their in the wild card race but then they play the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Washington Nationals, two games against the Chicago White Sox and then three more games against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So after the series with the Dodgers, they have a lot of winnable games. If they can, you know, if they can win two out of three of those, I think they're going to be in a really really good spot to claim that last wild card spot. So if you're looking for a team to keep your eye on that doesn't get a lot of national attention but is a lot of fun to watch, the Cincinnati Reds. I'm telling you, that's where it's going to be. If they can make it into the playoffs, I think they can make a fun little run, and especially if they make it out of the wild card, you know, they have to play they'd have to play the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium, which is tough, but if they can somehow win that game and get a couple home games, uh, they're at Great American Ballpark. Watch out because I think they could be very, very dangerous. So again, two and a half weeks in the major league season, major League baseball season. and the playoff race is it's heating up and it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. it's gonna be dramatic. and at this point, every game matters, you know, I know there's hundred and sixty two games in the major League baseball season. and it's easy to think, You know, how many of those games really matter if you played that many? But I'm telling you, these last two weeks, every game matters to all of these wildcard teams. So keep your eye out. Tune in to any of the major league games, uh, whether it's on ESPN or, you know, the MLB Network, stuff like that. There's different ways to watch them. But, you know, keep up with it because it's going to get good. And then October, you know, October baseball is extremely fun with the playoffs and the World Series. So, after this break, we will get into a look around Auburn Athletics. You are listening to Moonlight Madness here on Weagle 91.1 FM, Auburn. Welcome back to Moonlight Madness here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm Jacob Goins, and this is my brand new sports talk show here at Weagle. Every Thursday night, you can listen right here on Weagle 91.1 FM from 7 to 8 p.m., and you can hear My show, Moonlight Madness. I appreciate everybody listening in so far. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun. This has been, you know, this has been a very fast 30 minutes, and I'm really excited for the second half uh, of the show. So let's take a look around Auburn Athletics because ultimately this is, you know, this is an Auburn, you know, it's an Auburn radio show. So let's talk about some Auburn Athletics. Obviously, the big story this weekend is Auburn football. Ranked number 22 in the country, traveling to a top 10 Penn State. Right, this is a big game. This is the biggest game, obviously, so far under Brian Harson, new head coach Brian Harson for Auburn. Uh, started out with two cupcake games, if you will. Uh, but I think those games were good for Auburn. I think that they needed those two games at home to get a lot of the kinks worked out, and I think. I think Auburn's going to be ready. I think Brian Harson is going to have his boys ready to play. I think they're going to be prepared for the atmosphere there at Penn State. You know, they're having their annual whiteout game. They do it once a year and they do it for their biggest game of the year. And so I think Auburn should, you know, I think Auburn should take credit for that. You know, they're Penn State's having to bring their absolute best you know, to rattle Auburn and it's gonna be good. It's gonna be loud. It's gonna be wild. And Penn State's fans, they're gonna be ready. Penn State's football team, they're definitely gonna be ready. So I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be an epic game. I think it's gonna be, you know, they're predicting it to be close. I think the betting line is at five right now. Uh Penn State minus five. And I will talk about that in our next segment. I have a what are the odds segment, so we'll talk about some some betting lines for for the upcoming football games this weekend for those of you that are into that. But again, I think this is a fantastic game. It's a fantastic opportunity for Auburn to get that first statement win under Brian Harson. And so far, I really like Brian Harson. I really think he has got what it takes. I think I've been saying it. I think he can be the Saban 2.0. We'll see if, you know, we'll see if that can pan out. We'll see if you know, he can take his team up there and get it done. And, you know, for me, I would be satisfied with Auburn going up there and not necessarily winning. Obviously, I want Auburn to win that game, but if Auburn can go up and compete and just play well, you know, limit turnovers, limit penalties, and if they lose a close game to a very good Penn State team on the road, you know, I think I'm going to be okay with that. So, but again, I hope Auburn wins. You know, I'm making the trip up to Penn State this weekend uh, with my girlfriend. And we're going up to visit some friends and family uh, there for Penn State. And we're really excited. We got tickets to go to the game. Uh, we're on the Auburn sideline. You know, we're in the lower section. So we're going to be right in the middle uh, of that out And you better believe we're going to be wearing bright orange Auburn shirts. So if you're watching the game, you can look for me because I will be there. So we're really excited. Uh, you know, I told everybody this is a, you know, this is a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, so again, I'm really excited to go up, but I think it's a great opportunity, again, for Auburn football to really get their statement win uh, under Brian Harson. and so I think they're going to be ready. I think it's going to be a great game, and overall, I'm really excited. You know, game day, college game day is going to be there you know, that morning, and so again, I think that's another testament to the level that Auburn and Penn State uh, are playing right now. I think it's a a testament to where the programs are and where they're headed so again that's big for Auburn football trying to go 3-0 and uh, so far on the season before coming back home for another uh, tune-up game versus Georgia State before getting into SEC play. Auburn soccer is number 12 in the country Last weekend, if you listen right here on Weagle, 91.1 FM, we had the live broadcast of Auburn soccer versus the number one team, Florida State, uh, right here at the Auburn soccer complex. I was on the call with my man, Aiden Kowalski. It was a great game. Uh, Auburn, unfortunately, lost 2-1, to one, but they lost 2-1 to one to a fantastic team in Florida State. They're the number one team in the country for a reason. And, you know, if Auburn didn't let in a goal, within the first 30 seconds of the game, it probably would have gone to extra time. So, you know, Auburn dropped two spots in the rankings. They were number 10 at the time. So they dropped to number 12 in the rankings, but they open up SEC play against Georgia tomorrow night uh, at home or you can listen live right here on Weagle, 91.1 FM. And I think Auburn is going to enjoy a lot of success in the SEC. Now they're going to see some really good competition. You know, the the soccer competition in SEC is it's it's really good. You know, it it is really on the rise. And so I think Auburn will have a lot of tough competition. But again, I think they're gonna enjoy a lot of success this season. So if you can get out and support, if not, you can listen to all of Auburn's home games again right here on Weagle ninety one point one. Auburn volleyball is still undefeated under new head coach Brent Crouch. Uh, this is the best start. And for Auburn volleyball, that I can remember, um, you know, Auburn volleyball has struggled in the recent years, especially in my time here at Auburn. But I think they've made a fantastic hire with Brent Crouch. You know, I think, you know, I think he has really turned the mentality of the players in our program around for Auburn volleyball. Uh, they didn't lose a set for the first four or five matches, and so they finally lost their first set uh, the other night. But they still won the, you know, they still won the match, so they're still undefeated. And so, again, if you can, you know, if you're able to get out and support uh, Auburn Volleyball, you know, I really, I really encourage that just because, you know, they're on the rise and they're close to getting into, you know, SEC play where they're going to, they're going to face some really good teams. And I think, you know, they are going to need, you know, they're going to need people there. They're going to need support from the fans and so again if you can get out watch auburn volleyball because again they've made a fantastic hire with brent crouch we have a lot of grad transfers and a lot of seniors but also a lot of you know freshmen on that team so a lot of talent and again i really encourage you to you know get out and support auburn volleyball if you can uh they are playing let's see tomorrow night at home versus florida a&m in a little tournament they also play Nichols. And then on Saturday, they play Belmont. So there's three opportunities this weekend if you want to see Auburn Volleyball. And we also have the call, again, right here on Weagle, 91.1 FM. Sunny Lee, the world-known gymnast who is now a freshman here at Auburn, is doing, right now, everything but gymnastics. She was seen at the Met Gala the other night, which I did not know what that was until... I saw Suni Lee there, but I was informed that that was the biggest, you know, party in the world, apparently. And so, you know, again, she's there representing Auburn very well, and she will be kicking off Dancing with the Stars, uh, I believe, next week. So, she, again, she'll be representing Auburn, and then, you know, she'll come back, you know, around Christmas and really get going for gymnastics. But I just think it's really cool that she is out doing – other things other than gymnastics and when she does all these big things she's out representing Auburn you know she everybody knows that she is a world-known you know gymnast she's an Olympic medalist for gymnastics and yet she's going off and doing crazy things like dancing with the stars and attending a Met Gala and all these other things that she's able to represent Auburn for. And so I think that's really cool. You know, I think that's, she's one of the biggest names for athletes that we've had in a long time that's doing, you know, big time things other than their sport. So again, I think that's, I think that's super cool uh, that she's out doing that. So again, and so then she'll come back and then we'll see, we'll see her true skill. We'll see probably the best gymnast to come through Auburn in a really long time. I expect Auburn Arena to be extremely tough to get into, especially as a student, because people want to see Sonny Lee. People want to see a, an Olympic gymnast compete in Auburn Arena. So that's, you know, it's really exciting. It's really something to look forward to. Uh, and, again, I just think it's super, super cool to see, you know, Sonny Lee out doing other things besides her sport, uh, but ultimately representing Auburn uh, very, very well. So, again, to kind of recap here's for some Auburn athletics, you have Auburn football traveling to Penn State this weekend uh, for a ranked matchup that will be on ABC tomorrow night at 6.30 Central Time. Again, it's a ranked matchup, Penn State in the top ten, so that will be the first uh, big-time game under Brian Harson. You have Auburn soccer. Again, number 12 in the country who will be opening up SEC play uh, against Georgia tomorrow night at home. You can listen to that game right here on Weagle, 91.1 FM. Auburn volleyball looking to remain undefeated with the little tournament that they're hosting here uh, in Auburn. They'll have three matches. They have two tomorrow night and one on Saturday. So, again, looking to stay undefeated. Uh, They lost their streak of not losing a set, but they've still not lost a match, so I expect nothing less but for Auburn to, uh, to be successful in that tournament uh, and and hopefully to stay undefeated. And again, sunny Lee outdoing incredible things, uh, representing Auburn very well. So again, that is a look around Auburn athletics. So now what we want to do is I'm going to go through, and there's a lot of sports on tonight, right? There's a lot of you know, there's some baseball going on. There's some NFL football that is going on. So right now I'm going to run through some some current scores uh, in sports, and we'll see. I think we have a college football game on tonight as well. So I'm going to run through some of those scores uh, before we head to our next break. You have the New York Yankees, who traveled to the Baltimore Orioles. The Yankees are currently on top 2-1 to one, uh, in the bottom of the ninth, but the Orioles have a man on third. So one-run game with – the Orioles trying to score uh, and extend that. They have two outs there, so getting down to the wire. There in Baltimore, you have the Chicago Cubs who visited the Philadelphia Phillies today. That game is in the bottom of the sixth inning, and that is tied up at seven. So a lot of runs there. Uh, there in Philadelphia, again, that's a big game for Philly, as we you know, as you remember, I talked about earlier. They're fighting for, you know. Not only a wild card spot, but potentially to win their division there in the NL East. The Detroit Tigers visited the Tampa Bay Rays. That is in the top of the sixth with the Rays winning 3-1. to one. Houston Astros and the Texas Rangers just getting underway in the bottom of the second, tied at zero. And a few games that ended already, the Cincinnati Reds beat the Pittsburgh Pirates one to nothing. The Angels visited the White Sox, and they came out with a victory uh 9 to 3, so they beat a pretty good White Sox team there uh, on the road. The Athletics traveled to Kansas City to take on the Royals and they came out with a victory of 7 to 2. Again, that's the Athletics beating the Royals 7 to 2. And the San Diego Padres traveled to San Francisco to take on the Giants. The Padres came away with a 7-4 victory. Uh, a lot of hits there. The Padres outhit the Giants 14 to 12. And then finally, the Rockies and the Braves were scheduled to play today, but got postponed, I would assume, due to weather. So that is the current scores in baseball. So let's go over and look at Thursday night football, where you have the New York Giants facing the Washington football team. Both teams are 0-1 after receiving losses in Week 1. And the Giants are up 7 to nothing with... Just under six minutes to go there in the first quarter. Again, that's on Thursday night football. The New York Giants are defeating the Washington football team 7-0, to nothing, uh, currently there for Thursday night football. Let's go take a look. I believe there is one college game on tonight, and that is Ohio University visiting Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. And Louisiana is currently up 14 to nothing on the Bobcats. Uh, just at the start of the second quarter. Again, Louisiana beating Ohio uh, in college football, the lone college football game tonight in the FBS. Uh, Louisiana is on top 14 to nothing, at the start of the second quarter. When we come back, we're going to do the What Are the Odds segment. I'll break down lines, the betting lines for the football games coming up this weekend for college and the NFL. You're listening to Moonlight Madness here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back to Moonlight Madness here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm Jacob Goins, and I really appreciate you all tuning in this evening. Before the break, I was giving some live score updates uh, in the MLB and uh, NFL football and college football, and the Yankees and the Orioles. It was a 2-1 game with the Yankees on top in the bottom of the ninth, but the Orioles scored from that man on third uh, on a wild pitch. So that game is currently... In extra innings with the game tied at two, so just a little update for you on that. So now for the final segment of the evening, it's called "What Are the Odds." So this weekend we have a lot of college football and now NFL football uh, all weekend long. And so for those of you, for those of you that are interested in, you know, betting lines uh, when they, you know, when they open up for games and then how they move throughout the week, you know, it's something I find very interesting. And so for those of you that are interested, this segment is for you. So just a quick little, you know, breakdown of what I'm going to be talking about. So, for example, the football game, the um, excuse me, the current NFL game that's on tonight for Thursday Night Football, the New York Giants and the Washington Redskins. Washington is a minus. Before the game started, they were minus three and a half, which means they are favored to win by three and a half points. That is where the money is being put on. And the total was 40 and a half points, which means that is what the betters in Vegas at the sports books are predicting the total score to be added up to be is the total. So the total was 40 and a half points uh, for that game. So with that being said, I'm going to run through some of the some of the odds that I like this weekend. We'll start with college and then we will move to the NFL. So. We have a couple of Friday night college football games. You have Louisville and UCF. UCF is a 7.5 point favorite with the total in that game being 69.5. So predicting a lot of points there. Uh, I would like, I would probably take UCF 7.5. But, and again, I'm going to give a lot of picks on what I would think and what I would take. You can follow me if you want to. I cannot guarantee that you're going to win. So take that as you will. But again, I would like... I would probably take UCF uh, minus seven and a half, but I'm not going to run through all of them because it is a lot, but I'm going to run through the ones uh, that I think are are noteworthy. You have Illinois and Maryland in a Big Ten matchup again tomorrow night. We have a couple Friday night college football games. Maryland is currently a seven and a half point favorite with a total of 59. So again, a Friday night Big Ten matchup. Maryland, seven and a half point favorite. And then getting into Saturday, got Coastal Carolina ranked. You know they're ranked in in the country. I believe it's 14 or 16. I'd have to check on that. But they're ranked and they're playing a Buffalo team. Who in Coastal Carolina is favored by 10 and a half currently with a total of 58. So uh, big, and they also have money line. I did not cover that. So the money line is where you can just say I think. Coastal Carolina is going to win this game. And they have that odd, and then they have they also have the odds for if you think Buffalo is going to win. So for that game, the money line, Coastal Carolina minus 600, and Buffalo is plus 425. So the minus number, the bigger that number is, so minus 600 means they're a big favorite. So you got to put a lot of money to win a little money is basically what that means. But if you plan on betting on Buffalo, if you think they're going to go out there and win, then you can bet a little money to win a lot of money. So that's kind of how, you know, that's kind of how that works. Uh, you have Cincinnati, you know, ranked top 10 in the country, traveling to Indiana, Big Ten school. Cincinnati is only a three-point favorite. I would, I would, I like Cincinnati in that game. I like, you know, I like the minus three. I think they can go up there and win uh, by double digits. I think Cincinnati is a very good football team uh, with a lot to prove. So I, I like Cincinnati minus three, uh, there. Another game that I like this weekend. Interesting, you know, an interesting odds here. Texas A&M hosting New Mexico. So Texas A&M is a top five team, but if you remember last week, they lost their starting quarterback to injury uh, in the first quarter against Colorado. So, you know, throwing a new quarterback in the system. Favored by twenty seven and a half. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you on that game. It's interesting. With a starting quarterback, the odds would be a lot, you know, Texas A&M would be a a much heavier favorite in that scenario. So, But I thought that was an interesting uh, interesting line. You have Purdue visiting Notre Dame, as Notre Dame is a touchdown favorite with a total of 59 points. Um, I think it's a lot of points for that game. So my prediction would be less or take the under of 59. But, again, I can't guarantee you any victory, so take that as you will. Big game this weekend Alabama versus Florida. Alabama is traveling to Gainesville to take on the Gators in the swamp. And Alabama is currently uh, a 14 and a half point favorite. So they're predicting that Alabama is going to win by two touchdowns at least. Um, I like it. I really do. I like Alabama big in that game. The total's 57 points, and honestly, I'm not sure about the total, but I really do like Alabama uh, to roll there uh, in Gainesville this weekend. So I would take Alabama minus the points. Another good matchup this week. Another interesting line. I couldn't believe this one when I saw it. South Carolina visiting Georgia. You have an SEC East matchup uh, – and Georgia is favored by 30 and a half points. So they are minus 30.5. They are favored to win by over 30 points. That I know Georgia's good. Believe me. I watched them play Clemson, and I watched them play UAB last week. I know they're good. But a, a league game, an SEC game, it's hard for me to take a team to win by 30 points if it's not Alabama. So I would take South Carolina plus 30 and a half. I mean, you really – if you lose that one, then it just wasn't meant to be. So again, I would like I would like to take South Carolina plus thirty and a half. If they get beat by more than thirty points, then I'm sorry. You can you can call me out on Twitter for that one. And then the last big game, Auburn versus Penn State. I talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh it opened up as a Penn State as a seven point favorite, but that line is currently moved and it is down to five or five and a half, depending on where you're looking. So they're predicting it to be close I would think that Auburn could cover the point spread so I think that they'll you know I think they'll cover and I hate to say it I want Auburn to win but if I'm trying to make some money I think you take Auburn plus the points but I still think Penn State wins I think the total is 53 I think that is way too many points Um, I think it's gonna be a defensive battle You know, maybe 24 17, somewhere in there. So I like Auburn plus the points, and I like the under of 53 in that one. And one more quick one here on college before we slip, or uh, excuse me, till we flip to NFL is Tulane visiting Ole Miss. The total is 73 points. Take the under, in my opinion. I do not think Tulane is going to score that many points. I think Ole Miss will score quite a few, but I think Tulane is getting hyped up because of their performance against Oklahoma, which was good. But again, I like the under in Tulane, Ole Miss of 73. So some odds here for the NFL on Sunday, quickly as we are about to wrap up here. You have the Saints and the Panthers. Uh, Saints are three-point favorites after blowing out the Packers uh, last Sunday afternoon, Jameis Winston having some would call a career game. They are three-point favorites on the road at Carolina. You have the Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals visiting the Chicago Bears. So you have Chicago, who is 2.5-point favorites, with a total of 45 for that game. You have the Houston Texans at the Cleveland Browns. You have the Browns, who are 12.5-point favorites. Something you don't see a lot in the NFL is double-digit favorites. Um, you know, the NFL is typically more competitive when it comes to the closeness of games, just because in college there's a lot of, you know, mismatches with, you know, team, big power five teams playing, you know, sometimes FCS schools or really small FBS schools, and that's where you get the really big, you know, predictions and the really big lines. But so I'm always cautious when I see a team in the NFL favored by double digits. Not that it doesn't happen, um, but more times than not, games in the NFL are decided by single digits. So I would say be wary of the Texans and Browns at 12 and a half. You have the Rams visiting the Colts. The Rams are three and a half point favorites. You have the Denver Broncos visiting Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Broncos are actually six point favorites there. I would almost think to take Jacksonville in that game just, you know, make it a little interesting. And I think, let's see, I'm looking for one more here. To give you guys, uh, before we wrap up, again another double-digit favorite. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are twelve and a half point favorites against the Atlanta Falcons. That is one that I actually like. Um, I think Tampa Bay is just too good, and Atlanta is just not good. So, uh, again, I I would stay away from Cleveland being favored by twelve and a half, but I like Tampa Bay uh, minus twelve and a half against Atlanta. And then you've got at the Chiefs, at the Ravens, and that one just has a very high point total because those teams score a lot of points. So with 55, I don't know. I would say probably take the over because when you bet the over, you're never out until the game is over, right? So there you go. And then the Monday night game, Detroit at Green Bay, you've got Green Bay as an 11-point favorite. Uh I would take the Lions plus 11. I think the Packers win, but I would take the Lions plus 11. Well, there you have it. That will wrap up the first ever episode of Moonlight Madness. I'm Jacob Goins. I really appreciate you all listening in. Tune in next Thursday, 7 p.m. Central Time, right here on Weagle, 91.1 FM, for another episode of Moonlight Madness. Thanks for listening to Moonlight Madness. Tune in next Thursday at 7, right here on Weagle 91.1 FM, Auburn. If you ever miss a show, just search Moonlight Madness on your podcast app of choice. Tune in next time for Moonlight Madness, Thursdays at 7, right here on Weagle 91.1 FM.